Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And hello, and we're back on Ayers on the Road. We're back on the road, in the air. Well, we're kind of on a boat. I mean, we're kind of, <laughs> we're, we're on a waterway. Uh, gosh, usually, you know, Linda, we... We're glad that it's a podcast and not a not a YouTube or something Zoom. because we don't want to get out of our pajamas. But today we're kind of wishing it was a video because we are just looking out at the most gorgeous. A lot of you've been to Balboa, but we're on we're on Newport. Uh, we're on the, on bay, the bay, and we're looking out at all these sailboats. I just. I don't know why. Maybe it's in my genetic memory or something. But I just, um, I just, I, I just feel really happy when I'm around a lot of boats, especially if they're sailboats. You know, where did that come from? Well, I don't know. I mean, a lot of ancestors came across on sailboats across the ocean. Uh, I don't think that was very weeks, attractive. Uh, throwing up with the measles, <laughs> scurvy, and scurvy, and all that. I don't think it came from there. But um, it is unusual because you just are amazing. When you see a boat, you just go any kind of boat. Well, we've got a sailboat at Bear Lake, but I'm, I've always known, but I'm even realizing it more today, that you you don't really sail on lakes. I mean, you do, but the wind is unpredictable and gusty and sometimes non-existent. And you get on a bay like this one, you are sailing all day and... It's a protected bay. This is our son and daughter. Some of you know Shawnee, our daughter, and her husband, Dave, have this gorgeous little getaway here. And on one side is the bay. It's calm, still, serene, lots of paddles, stand-up paddle boards, and so on. But on the other side is the ocean. If you want to get, you know, you can go surfing, and then we walk across the little spit and, and go sailing on the same day. So pretty cool huh it is pretty cool it's awesome and we actually have been just down the road in huntington beach um doing a conference uh sponsored by eo which is the entrepreneurs organization excuse the uh airplane flying by really low do anything about it we could say ires in the air no it's okay it's gonna go right over and so uh <clears throat> Linda got up to close the door anyway, just in case there's two of them out there somewhere. But anyway, we're delighted to be with you. We're not going to just banter aimlessly for very long. What we want to do today is tell you about this conference yesterday and about some observations we have that we think are really relevant to families and to parenting and to what we're all about and what so many of you are all about in terms of doing the best we can for our, for our children. So what did you think of the event yesterday, Linda? There were 500 people, all of them, basically all of them entrepreneurs because it's called the Entrepreneurs Organization. Organization. And so by definition, they all, and, and, they, and they're young. I mean, it's a, they can join, I think, when they're 25. If they have a company that has a certain amount of revenue, there are some criteria. And none of them are over four early 40s. So they're all young. They all have young families. They all have young children. 
And so it's been one of our most delightful audiences it over over many years yet in another organization it's actually even bigger called ypo young presidents organization similar in the sense that they're all young and most of them have fairly young children so we actually love i'm trying to i was trying to think yesterday why we love speaking to those groups so much and i think it's because they really want to do their best, you know. Well, they do, and they're good at doing their best, and they are creative. I mean, the um, the theme for the whole conference was imagine, because that is what they're good at is imagining. They they've created the wildest companies you can imagine. Um, it is really delightful to see how they've done it. Um, the, the other organization, YPO. A lot of it comes from family businesses that have mm-hmm. passed down or people who have been hired to uh, to do take care of a company. But this is people who have They're all scratch. entrepreneurs, yeah. Yeah, from scratch, <clears throat> they've figured out these creative companies. And you're right, Linda. I mean, and you're really good at this, honey. I, I, I envy how good Linda is because she's genuinely curious about everyone. So, you know, she'll she'll find out what their company is. And you never know, like you say, I mean, they might have a waste disposal company. They might have a company that makes magnetos for small aircraft. I mean, you just never know until you ask, but, but they're always interesting because that's what they know. That's what they, yeah, that's what they do. Yeah. And so um, it was fun. It was really fun. There, There were, I don't know how you feed I think it was 450, actually. 450. Yeah, somewhere just, just under Oh, my 500. gosh. And then the organization of getting everybody where they need to be today, there was their activity day. We left, but they had, you know, so many different activities they could do. They only do this yeah. once every... <laughs> well, uh, this was like a yearly, yeah. yeah, like a yearly event. Well, they do it in a different place all the time, but... This was the West Coast region, but the the way it works in this organization, in both these organizations, is they can come from anywhere in the world. And met a great guy from Athens, Greece, yeah. who invited us to come and, and speak in the Athens chapter. And we're like, oh, let us think about that for a minute. Okay, we thought about it. We'll come. Yes, yes, we'll come. <laughs> Um, but anyway, it was really delightful because we talked about family and to see the interest that they had of, um, of how to raising do good families yeah. and how to do better and how to create a family culture that's going to be important for, for you know, generations, not just now. Yeah, you said that so. well, honey. And I think what makes it fun for us, and we probably shouldn't admit this, but the older we get and the more, you know, we've been speaking to this this group and its various chapters around the world for 30 years. And and I think it's fair to say we used to be much more careful. We didn't want to offend anyone. We didn't want to give any too strong an advice. We didn't want to talk about spiritual things. We wanted to just be sure we didn't, you know, step on anyone's toes. And we're, I think we're, you're, you're always yeah, good at we, being careful and sensitive, but we're more direct now and essentially what we said yesterday and what we often do with these this type of groups is we said hey you know you you invited us here to speak about life balance and you know how to balance work and family and and personal needs and we're that is what we're going to talk to you about but 
let us be blunt. We know you well enough through having spoken to your organization for so long. We know that you you don't need a lot of help from us on how to run your companies. And frankly, you don't need a lot of help from us on, you know, how to run yourself. You're, own, you're mostly in shape. You take care of your bodies. You take care of your minds. You're, you're really aware of, you know, the need to be your best. But that third corner in the triangle of self, work, and family, that corner of the family, that's where we want to zoom in. That's where we want to spend our, our time today with you because, and then we get into the offense and the defense, right? Explain what we mean by that. Because the, it's it's in the family area where they seem to be more reactive and more defensive in their approach, whereas in the work and in the self, they're very proactive, very strategic, very goal-oriented, very proactive. Right. But for family, right. it really is, for a lot of us, out of necessity, it's defense. It's trying to put out fires, trying yeah. to figure out how to, how to solve a problem and uh, trying to figure out how in the world to make this work. I mean, we we went through the same thing. Yeah, we did. And we are still going through the same thing <laughs> because as the kids get older, the problems don't stop. But it really is uh, interesting how absorbent they are. They grabbed on, and especially when you're talking about money. <laughs> well, about how uh, to stop entitlement attitudes. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, they had just such good questions. Um, it is just so, when you see our culture right now, it is so interesting. We've talked to so many people about different things this week, and we have um, realized how entitled this next generation is. Um, and they know it. I mean, they, these parents know it. Know it. We, I mean, we, well, we started out as we often do with, this type of group and said, how many of you had jobs outside your home when you were growing up? I think every, I couldn't see anyone that well, didn't raise their hand. I mean, this is 500 people and they're all right now with them. We're like, what did you do? And, and they're just yelling out paper route, lawn mowing, worked in a store, worked in a gas station, you know, and, and they, you can tell they're enjoying this because those are good memories. And then we said, what did you learn from that? And they're yelling out, I learned to show up. I learned to be on time. I learned to budget money. I learned to save. I learned to, you know, and on and on. And they're relishing this. These are good memories. And then we drop the bomb and say, well, okay, how many of your kids today have jobs like that? How many How many were there? We counted oh, like about 12. Maybe 12 <laughs> out, of, out of 500. And so the next question, obviously, is where are your kids going to learn the lessons you learned from those out-of-the-home jobs that you had? Well, and we must say that life is totally different than yeah. when we were young. And kids have a full-time job just taking care of not only their homework, but their soccer, their piano, their, their excessive classes, AP classes, and so on. It is just almost impossible to have a job when you're in high school although we do have one of our grandchildren that does yeah have some do and, and it's she's good one for of them those AP people who takes every AP <clears throat> test that comes along but it really is kind of scary to think how many kids do not know how to work or how to come through with things and not only young children but young adults 
um, we were having a discussion with older parents um, this week too. And, um, and grandparents. And grandparents. And just saying, you know, some of our grandkids are just, they just want to sit around and play video games. They're just lazy. And I mean, obviously they're not all like that, but it is a problem. It really is a problem. I don't know what it's you a do cultural that. problem. And, and the neat thing is these entrepreneurs, at least they recognize it. And, you know, what are you going to do about it? They want to know. That's why they're there. That's what they're, they're taking notes. They want to figure it out. And what we try to tell them, not that, we, you know, we certainly don't try to present ourselves as the experts, but we have had a lot of experience and we've met a lot of similar people, similar to them who have thought a lot about it. And we've, we've gathered up a bunch of good ideas to give them. And the bottom line is in the entitlement thing, we try to teach two things. One is kind of intuitive and obvious. And that is you got to quit giving your kids money. You've got to have chores. You've got to have some kind of a family economy where they are expected to help out in the home and where they don't get a free ride. And, and we try to teach the principle that you give them more by giving them less and figuring out ways they can earn money. But the other thing is kind of counterintuitive and it stems from a lot of research Linda's been really interested in about, you know, just having a family narrative. Turns out that's what gives grit. Yeah, it gives a lot of kids grit because they, um, if they know the story of their family, even starting with you as their parents and um, the hard things that you went through, uh, it's, it's amazing the difference it makes in their lives. I mean, it does register whether you think it does or not. It's pretty amazing. If they know that you've had some hard things that you've gone through, it registers when they get into the hard situations. But, you know, the more dramatic you can be going back through these ancestors that gave up so much, gave up lives, gave up uh, homes and lots of children and did such hard things. And, you know, at one point I've thought about my grandmother's several times in my life, many times when I've had a hard thing in front of me thinking, wait, you know, if grandma Ida could do this, I can, could do that. What I she did. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> this is easy compared to what she has to do. And so it gives you some grit that is really important. So we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to go a little deeper in terms of what we spoke about yesterday because it occurred to us that we in all the podcasts we've done and some of you longtime listeners we've never really gotten very deep into what we teach usually when we're out speaking to groups and we wanted to give you kind of an overview but also just to talk a little about how 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 you how do you how do you change from a reactive parent to a proactive parent so hang on we'll be right back Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. You know, we had some interesting stories from some of the parents who were there. And this is a big group, and we have spoken to them a lot. So a lot of people that heard us <laughs> um, come to their own chapters or uh, years ago or several times, some of them. And the one that one of the guys that was running it, uh, in fact, two of them, that were running it had listened before and they were doing some things with their kids that were 
were pretty hilarious. I mean, trying to follow along. They didn't go through just everything we told them to do. Nobody does. You have to figure it out. One of them stuff. totally didn't get it. But um, <laughs> you know, one of them totally didn't get it at all. But um, but one of them had his two kids who really wanted cars when they well they were growing up and he said well yeah. what are we going to do when we're 16 dad are you going to give us a car and and based on our advice we're kind of to blame i guess he said <laughs> he said um you're going to buy your own car you are going to buy your own car buddy and you can you better start right now because saving uh, up start saving up do what you can so he actually um did something that his dad didn't think was really i don't know how to call it the, the perfect the job that he was thinking he was going to get it was an entrepreneurial job selling something or other and he made eight thousand dollars and he was so excited about it but you know he he worked but he you know didn't do too well and then his dad matched it actually that, that was the deal they would well he, yeah he actually uh didn't he didn't he save up four thousand his dad matched it so he bought a Kind no. of had to buy a clunker well, eight thousand and sixteen. Anyway, yeah. so so he bought kind of a clunker, and then he was really embarrassed because he lived in a really rich neighborhood and had to drive this junker around. And then his sister just went to work. She just went to work and earned so much money. She had thirty one thousand dollars, I guess. When, right, right. When he helped, so she buys an Audi. So she bought an Audi, <laughs> and uh, they had it sitting when he came home. In college, I had it sitting in front of the car. And, she wanted him to oh, see it yeah. and be jealous. <laughs> but anyway, they felt a lot of ownership. And ownership is what I mean, we never gave our kids any cars. Absolutely well, none. When I they mean, got not till they got home they from drove their mission. The family cars. Yeah, they drove our junky family cars. We, we got a car for a thousand dollars. Remember that? What was the name of that crazy car? Oh yeah, it was like a rambler or oh my something. Gosh, wasn't it was, it? No, it was not a rambler, it was but it something. was really bad. <laughs> that doesn't they exist. Got, and then they, they drove cars. <laughs> if they got in an accident, we just said, Well, too bad, you know. Too bad for the other car. You, just have to, <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell on yours. You you'll have to um <laughs> pay for are you if you want to be but they just never paid for any of the repairs they just went around with these big banks all over their cars but they did have to pay for their own insurance and that was an eye-opener right. for them and their right. own gas right and which came in handy in a couple of accidents but mm -hmm. anyway it really is fun to think about creative ways you can teach your children to have some grit and go after what they want and how to save money and buy the things that they want so but anyway we want to you know just to kind of give you a real cursory overview and then want to make an observation or two about how some of these entrepreneurs are so creative and so proactive in their businesses but really don't apply what they already know to how they raise their families we'll get to that in a minute but i I, I'm a little distracted because I'm seeing these sailboats going racing by, honey. Sorry. But anyway, I think the, the we we tried to, you know, we always try to say, look, you that here's the challenge, people. Here's the challenge, parents. We're trying to do something that's very hard. We're trying to create a family culture that is so strong that it sort of supersedes all these other cultures that swirl around our kids, the peer culture, the social media culture, the the celebrity culture. There's just so many different competing cultures. And um, we suggest always that 
there's three things they need to learn to do. One is have this family economy where kids work within the home rather than just get handouts. Two is some family laws, just really basic, straightforward legal system in the family. We've talked about this before on the show. And the third thing, of course, is the funnest part of all, the family traditions, the family rituals, which kids end up never letting you ever forget or change in any way because they they love this culture. They love being able to be part of something bigger than themselves. And so it's just fun to talk about those things and have people, you know, give their own ideas and get their own ideas. And we love seeing young parents taking notes and really, really trying hard to sort of have a strategy, sort of have an offense, sort of have a way to do things that is fun and is not just reacting to what goes on. And they all said, they all agreed with us that, uh, you know, you don't, it's always more fun to play offense than defense. It really, really is. And so well, maybe we not tried fun, to give them that offense. It's, it, I don't know if it's easier. Uh, it's hard either way. If you're in a hole, <laughs> playing defense to get out is quite a deal. But but it's so great to have an offense, just to figure out. And I, we loved the theme of it because it was imagine. Imagine, yeah. Just imagine, imagine your, your family, family being better. From now to the end of your life or after you leave your family, what culture have you left with them? And it really is interesting to think about that now. It's hard to imagine. Yeah, to use <laughs> um, the word. Having left your family and to see what would be left. But it's good to think about that. What can you do to really create a family culture that'll go on after you leave? So here's the question. Here's the dilemma. We've asked ourselves this for years. We're going to ask you and see what you think, just rhetorically, I guess. How is it that 500 people who are this bright and who have formed successful companies and who are innovating all the time and who are, you know, they operate by, if you were to say to them, what's your, what's your pro forma? What are, what are your goals for the year? Um, what's your vision statement for your company? They'd, they, they'd be thrilled. They'd haul out these documents. They'd show you where they're going. They'd show you how they're going to get there. But then those same people, when you say, okay, What's your vision statement for your family? What's your, what are your specific goals this year for your parenting? What are your, your goals or, 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 you know, the things you're working on this year in your marriage? And you get a lot of blank looks and I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying somehow the norm in, in large parts of our society is that, you know, the work and the creative family, the creative finance and all that is is an offense a strategy but or or taking care of yourself yeah yeah the the yoga the whole phase of uh, doing whatever it takes to keep your body in shape is becoming huge in people's minds absolutely and so why doesn't that kind of thinking carry over into parenting and i guess it's I guess it's because it's so unpredictable you don't know what kind of kids you're going to get you don't know what they're going to face you don't know what kind of problems you're going to deal with 
So a lot of times it's like, hey, you know, I, if I have a problem, I'll go find a parenting book or I'll get online and figure out how to solve the problem. But that's not how you'd run your business. You wouldn't you wouldn't say, well, I'm just going to go in the office and sit down by my desk. And if everything's fine, I'll just sit there. And if if, if there's a problem, I'll try to solve it. No, you'd have this. You'd have a goal. You'd have a plan. You'd have a strategy. So that's what we're trying to say is, can we apply that same type of, I guess, proactive is the best word, right? I mean, proactive thinking. I guess. And so, I mean, I think sometimes we were pretty adamant about doing this, maybe over the top doing this with our, oh, in kids, our own life, think, yeah. with our own kids. But um, we've had some payoffs lately that have really been wonderful today. Our four daughters launched a new podcast called In the Arena. And those four daughters, one of them lives in Arizona, and then three are now in Utah, which is kind of a miracle. Surprising to us. They've never lived in right. Utah before. So, but they they get on the phone once a week or or They get on Zoom. On Zoom. And they record podcasts from their closet so that the kids yeah, are not going to bother yeah. them. They, the people that are helping them say, go where there's a lot of fabric. So it you know, sucks <laughs> in all of the sound. So we saw them sitting in their closets um, filming or uh, recording this. And it was pretty funny. But they have some pretty crazy memories of their childhood living with us. And they've done mm -hmm. a couple, one of of our summer experiences at Bear Lake, which we've talked about a lot, but one about our Oregon experience, which uh, we built a log cabin in Oregon for a couple of summers. <laughs> to teach them how to work. To teach them how to and work. And we don't know how, What we never know what they're going to talk about. And we're a little scared every week. Right. What, what secrets are they going to reveal this time about our family? What And what, what things are they going to remember right. that they really didn't happen? Or that we forgot happened. Yeah, but it, it, what, what I thought of when I heard that is, oh, my gosh, we didn't do that at that time, thinking we need uh, what we did to teach work and, and grit and to teach about our ancestors and so on. But we did not realize how far that would go. Yeah, we we didn't know the full extent of the consequences of it. And and, and how it would work. I mean, how yeah, it worked for yeah. their whole lives. And the things they remember are astonishing. We'd forgotten so many of that those things, but they somehow remembered building that outhouse. <laughs> And, well, you know, and 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 you you know, Linda. I mean, a lot of our listeners on Irs on the Road are also followers of, of Shawnee, our second daughter, on her blog. Um, Seventy one toes and and Charity, our youngest daughter, her blog is almost equally popular, called Right Now W R I G H T is her last name and Saren and Sadie Saren has an organization called power of families and and Sadie is a social worker who does a lot of things for families so actually all four of our daughters you you know a lot a lot of you know them better than you know us it's so fun as kids grow up and those of you who are older who are listening I'm sure you you will understand this um at one point one of Sadie's daughters her kids all grew up in Boston <laughs> uh, because both of them went to school in Boston 
And one, her oldest daughter, who's now just getting ready to graduate from high school and is a magnificent person, was so hard. She was such a hard kid. She was judging everything her mother did. And so in fact, she, she started her own blog. She decided to start her own blog when she was about nine or so or 10, maybe. It's called Faults of My Mother. Faults of My Mother. <laughs> and I think it's still going. Yeah, it is. You can look it up. Faultsofmymother.blogspot.com. Well, by the way, while you're on addresses, though, let's not forget the name of this brand new podcast, which just launched today, oh, yeah. is um, is In the Arena. In the Arena is the name of it. In the Arena with the Iyer Sisters. I mean, that's the subtitle, if with the Iyer Sisters. To, oh, that's a good idea. So you can find it on any any po any podcast source that you have. Look it up. There are three uh, three in episodes the there right now. But in the arena, meaning we taught them all, we had them all memorize the President Roosevelt quote. Teddy Roosevelt. Um, about how important it is to be in the arena with blood, sweat, and tears, and so on. Not on the sidelines. Not on the sidelines. You'd call it in the trenches, honey. Right. In the trenches of parenthood. But they are in the trenches, but yeah. Anyway, they are in the arena, and it is so fun to listen to their memories. So that's a treat for us every week and a little bit scary that we've got to look forward to. What will they talk about this week? They, their pattern is they talk about, they use the word eccentric a lot. <laughs> we were raised in an eccentric family, and I'm <laughs> always not quite sure what I think about that. And then they'll give an experience like, you know, living in Japan or or... Or building, building a log cabin. cabin. And then, then the best part is they roll that into, now what is, what can we do today in, in our own parenting that teaches those same lessons? It may not be as extreme or crazy as some of the things that our parents did. That's another word they use pretty often as yeah, crazy. Well, I think they're right. <laughs> I think they're right. But it really has been fun to think about it, not only just because we were with these people asking them to think about their family, their future family, what they're going to leave. Um, but to see what we've left with our kids and, you know, certainly not perfect. There's a whole lot of stuff uh, that goes through the way on the way, but it I can't really wait till they start interviewing their brothers. Yeah. They're going to do that. They'll get a different perspective. And from they're that. also going, it's not going to be just all about us. It's going to be about really helping moms yeah. to go through things, getting their input and a community. Uh, they were asking for ideas on a lunch party today. What do you want to hear? And had some fabulous ideas. So thanks for joining us. This was kind of a different show today. We'll get back to some of the three letter lessons and other themes next week. But for now, Good luck with your family. And we would love to uh, let Logan Gardner, our producer, know that he is fabulous. He's flexible. He does such a great job on all these. We thank you, Logan. And he never makes us do a second take. He doesn't. And he's <laughs> always available when we need him. Thank you so much. So we'll see you again next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye, Bye till then. Bye.